Hi, this is Pastor Matt, and I want to welcome you to our Blue Oaks Church podcast. At the end of this episode, feel free to download our Blue Oaks Church app, where you'll be able to access resources, events, and ways to get connected at Blue Oaks and in the community. The app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend, and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around Blue Oaks. Most importantly, though, I just hope that you enjoy this episode and it inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Hey, good morning. My name is Kylie and I am one of the pastors here at Blue Oaks Church. And today we're talking about the Bible. You've heard the saying, you are what you eat. But have you heard the saying, you are what you read? Probably not because I just made it up. But we know that we are what we eat. What we ingest, what we eat, impacts us. Your mom probably told you that uh, as a reminder to eat your veggies, and your Hume counselors probably told you that, and we will certainly tell you that this year when you try and eat 10 scoops of ice cream in a minute. We know that what we ingest, what we eat, impacts us physically. And friends, the same thing happens when we read. What we read has a similar effect, and so we are what we read. We understand that what we read uh, is powerful and gives us power. A favorite singer of mine, John Mark Pantana, wrote a book explaining one of his albums. Uh, And this book starts out talking about how words are seeds. He says that every word that we willingly accept in the soil of our hearts, we give permission to grow and bear fruit. Whether that fruit is death or life always depends on the substance of the word. Words are these tiny pockets that produce powerful growth, and that growth can bring life or death. Words are powerful, and so we are what we read. Today we're going to be talking about what we read. We're going to be talking about the Bible. In our time today, we're going to explore what the Bible is. We're going to be talking about how the Bible reveals God's truths and how the authority of the Bible can and should help us as we shape our identity in and through God. Before we tackle the purpose and the power of the Bible, we're going to be briefly talking about the structure of the Bible. I find this helpful because the Bible, while one book, is a book of a lot of different styles and stories, and so we're going to be looking at the framework, the structure of the Bible. We call the Bible the Bible, but you won't actually see the word Bible in the Bible. It's a lot of Bibles. We get the word Bible from a Greek word, biblos, and biblos was used to describe ancient sacred scrolls. Oftentimes, scrolls held important writings, sacred writings, and this word biblos was taken from that scroll understanding. The word found its way into Latin texts and into European languages and finally came to be used to describe this one sacred Christian text, our Bible. The Bible in its structure is this collection of books and chapters and words that reveal God's relational truth for us. If you open your Bible right now, you'll see that the Bible consists of two testaments. Those two testaments are broken down into 66 books, 1,186 chapters, 31,202 verses. Those two testaments are probably familiar to you. We know them as the Old and the New Testament. The Old Testament is a compilation of 39 books. It makes up a good chunk of the entire Bible. 
And the Old Testament can be divided into three sections, and some people refer to those sections as the Tanakh. The Tanakh is comprised of the Torah, the Nevi'im, and the Ketuvim. The Old Testament starts with the first five books, which we call the Torah or the Pentateuch. These five books tell foundational stories about God creating and establishing and delivering. Histories of people and places and journeys. After these five books, we have the Nevi'im, and those are the historical and the poetic and the prophetic books. The Old Testament ends with this chunk that we call the Ketuvim, and it's these writings of wisdom books and narrative books. Throughout the Old Testament, we find narrative literature in the stories and the histories and the biographies. We find poetic literature and poems that reveal the artistic, emotional, and imaginative world. And we have discourse literature or the things like the 613 laws and speeches, and these bring ideas into logical arguments. All of these books, all of these literature styles tell one epic story of how God is working in and through people to bring beauty and order to the chaos of life. The Old Testament ends with the hope. It's the hope of a new leader who would come and renew all of creation. And yet the end is missing because we don't hear of this new leader. We hear of the hope of the new leader, but we don't meet the new leader. That's where the New Testament comes in. In over 27 books, we see how Jesus carries the Tanakh forward. Jesus is this new leader who brings a new reality into the world. The New Testament begins with four books that tell the story of Jesus, and we commonly refer to these as the gospel. Jesus, coming from a line of Israel kings, brings the promises of the Old Testament to completion. In the Gospels, Jesus resists evil, he serves with power, and he sacrifices, bringing about this new transformational way and a new relational connection. The rest of the New Testament tells stories through narratives and letters of how early Jesus' followers adopted their new faith. Transformed and changed, we see these followers walk amongst the world that challenges them. We see them find hope and peace in their community, and we, fee- we see them finding, uh, finding a new purpose in their relationship with God. It's helpful to understand a little bit about that structure of the Bible, about what's found as you flip through it and go through the pages. And yet, the Bible is more than just words and stories. It's more because the Bible is God's word for you. The Jewish people and the early church believers knew that the stories that they heard, the stories that God spoke, were spoken to them. God spoke to their world, and God spoke to their future. The Bible, while a book, is is God's word. Every chapter, every verse is God speaking. So the words that fill those pages are God's words for you. We read that scripture is breathed out by God. We see this in 2 Timothy 3, where Paul writes that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
Paul, a religious leader turned church planter, understood that the stories he knew and the stories that he was writing and the letters that he was writing were God's words spoken by God so that every verse we now read in the Bible is God's breath. So friends, when we read the Bible, we encounter God and we encounter God's words. Some of your Bible versions may translate that 2 Timothy verse and say that God inspired the words. And yet I think a better understanding is this God-breathed word. God doesn't just inspire the Bible. God breathed out words because God speaks. God spoke to the people and God speaks to us now. That idea of God breathing brings up a question, right? Well, how exactly did God breathe out the words? In some instances in the Bible, we see God audibly speaking to the book authors. We see it in Isaiah and in Revelation. We see God directly speaking words. In other areas and in other chapters, we see this directness of speaking be a little bit more of a mystery, God speaks in various ways, but always speaks words. I love how Tim Challies and Josh Byers put it. They said this. They said that God ordained and oversaw the personality of the authors, their circumstances, their style, their training, and their process of writing to bring about his word. Human authors were really writing, and God was really breathing God breathing in and through the authors shows not only this unique understanding and connection that God has with each member of his creation, but it also shows the incredible ways that God speaks. God speaks directly to us. God speaks in and through others. And God speaks in and through his word. Now, I recognize that this sort of God-breathing scripture is challenging for some of us. It can be hard to accept the mystery uh, that is God-breathed Bible. And yet, just like our discussion on the Trinity, sometimes the mystery of God is a part of our faith journey. And the Bible, being God's breath, is a part of that. So as a structure, the Bible is this grouping of books, its stories and poems and laws breathed out by God and written by human hands. It helps us understand the structure of the Bible, but we're going to be spending this second half talking about how the Bible brings us purpose and power. The Bible is this structure, but it's also something that defines and helps us define who we are. So the Bible in its 66 books is purposeful, for us because it helps us get to know God and it helps us get to lean into living with God. Through the Bible, we get to know God and we get to know ourselves. And we do this by exploring the truths about God that we read about in the Bible. We see different truths throughout the Bible. In fact, a funny thing happens when you start reading and diving into the Bible more and more, you see these truths emerge as sort of patterns, patterns that reveal truths about God and truths about who we are. The patterns of the Bible not only unify the stories, but they help us know God and know who we are. Some of these patterns are pretty cool. One of my favorite patterns is this storyline of God bringing humans through chaotic waters into a new world. 
We see this pattern in Genesis 1 where God separates water to craft dry land, a land in which creation is birthed from. God bringing humanity alive through chaotic waters. We see this pattern in the Bible throughout so many stories, in the story of Noah, the story of the Exodus, in Joshua and the Israelites, Jonah and the whale, Paul and his countless boat accidents. Patterns of God bringing humans through chaotic waters to a new world. These patterns tell stories of human struggle and fear and of God's strength and power. Some of you may have your own story, God bringing you through chaotic waters into a new world. Maybe it's a literal one, like for me, this one time where some friends and I got stuck in a flash flood during a whitewater rafting trip, and we were rescued by railroad workers who only worked there once a year. God bringing us out of literally chaotic waters to a safe place. Maybe no water is involved in your story. Maybe God has brought you through an intense pressure time or an intense moment of anxiety. But God brought you up. He cleared your chaos for a new world. The Bible reveals the truth through pattern. God bringing people through chaotic waters. Some patterns that we see are more profound than this sort of Gilligan's Island tale. Some patterns show us how God works. One of these patterns shows us how God integrates humans into his work, but how humans desire for something else. We see this pattern in the story of Adam and Eve and Abraham and Sarah and Aaron at Mount Sinai and the Israelites and Saul with David and Bathsheba with Peter and that Roman guardier. These stories, these patterns reveal a deep truth about the ever-present desire in our hearts, a desire that can lead us astray. They also tell us how God redeems that. Or one more pattern, one that we talk about with our students all the time. It's this pattern of God using small, ostracized people to do big things. From Moses, who couldn't speak in public, to a small, non-soldier named David, to a widow named Ruth, to a Jewish woman named Esther, to a man who doubted named Thomas, we see God working in and through God's people for incredible, massive moments. God working a truth. See, these patterns tell us how God works and lives and moves in in history and in our own lives. These stories connect us to so many. And as we read through the Bible, these patterns help us to learn who God is. God as protector and deliverer. God as provider. God as healer. God as present. These stories also help us learn about ourselves, some of the ways we get distracted or tempted. They tell us stories of how we may fail and how God sees us through that. They tell us stories about deep struggle, laments and cries and anger. And they tell us stories of God's goodness and faithfulness. Stories about Jesus tell us how patterns can be broken, how we can respond with, your will be done. Stories about Jesus tell us how patterns of sin and brokenness and shame are destroyed, how grace and service and love win. The Bible is purposeful because it tells us who God is and tells us who we are. And when we engage in the Bible, we can adopt and learn those stories so that we can journey in our faith and we can become resilient. We can be restored. We can be the hands and feet of God. 
This call to be actively engaged God followers, people who read and meditate on the scripture or disciples, as Scott talked about a little bit last week, brings us to the last purpose of the Bible. The Bible tells us these truths through patterns about God and us, and when we actively engage with that, when we lean into God's words, the Bible becomes purposeful because it transforms us. Words like seeds planted deep into our hearts sprout new life. They bring new ways of thinking and acting and loving. See, friends, when we live into the Bible, when we allow scripture to surround us, we are transformed. The Bible is this collection of God's words, words that carry patterns of meaning that help us understand who God is and who we are. And the Bible is also an invitation. It's an invitation for us to lean into God, to participate with what God is doing right here, right now, to be transformed by God's words so that we can act and serve and live a life of purpose. God has something to say and something to say about how we do life. And we call that something to say authority. The Bible has authority. And as you guys know, I work with middle school and high school students. And while every student is a blessing from God, some of them are a little bit tricky because they butt up against authority. I was the same way when I was their age, and I bet you were as well as a teenager. Right? They are snarky against authority. They push against teachers and coaches and parents, and they show that they're trying to figure out who they are in the midst of what they're deciding, in the midst of all the information they are getting. Students and us tend to have this problem with authority. As we explore who we are, as we, the teenagers do, we tend to lean into our own understanding of things. We push against outside sources. And some of us carry that same push against authority that we have in our own worlds with how we are with scripture. Some of us probably carry a hesitation to lean fully into the transformational aspect of God's word. The Bible challenges us to conform our hearts, our desires, our purpose to God. And yet, if we truly desire to be people who live in, Christ, in a Christ-centered way, we can't push against that. We should accept the transformational invitation that the Bible presents. We can see God in existence in this world, but we can't fully know God or participate with God without being transformed by the words of God. We can see and experience God's glory all the time, and we see this throughout Scripture. Psalm 19 tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Romans 1 tells us the same thing. It says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. These simple revelations of God, these simple reflections of God are amazing. And yet we need to be plugged into scripture. We need to be exploring and meditating on, on the words of God to fully be transformed, to fully lean into and have our lives lean into God. The book of Romans again tells us this. 
a few verses before that verse we just read, uh, Romans says this. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's, it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes it, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it was written, the righteous will live by faith. Paul, the author of Romans, understood that the gospel or the words of God or the Bible uh, is powerful because it brings transformation. It brings newness to those who interact with it. Paul hints at this transformational quality of the Bible, where later in chapter 10, he expresses it this way. He says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the words about Christ. And again, he continues this in chapter 12, where he writes, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Friends, Paul knew and we know that the Bible isn't just hollow words. It isn't just a book we use when we need a doorstop or when we need something nice to look on our coffee table. It isn't just stories. The Bible is this transformational, breathed-out word from God, an invitation for you to participate with what God is doing. And when we read, when we meditate, when we spend time with God, we are transformed. We're renewed. The Bible and the Word should challenge us. They should guide us. They should stir deeply in our spirits. And when we take those words seriously, when we allow them to have authority in our lives, we step into our ultimate purpose of joining with God in the redemption and love and care of the world around us. We read the Bible to get to know God, to know God's will. We read it to define who we are to bear fruit as we live. We read the Bible to participate with God. In the Bible are words that are seeds, planted and rooting deeply into us. These seeds produce life and grace and goodness, reflections of God. The Bible is purposeful because through it we learn how to live, to live with God and through God. And as we live that way, we are transformed. We become focused on what God is leading us to, what God desires for us. We learn how our story is God's story. The Bible is purposeful because it transforms our lives. Friends, the Bible is pretty rad, right? It's this incredible, breathed-out book that helps us know God and be transformed by God. And here's the extra cool thing. It's, it's literally accessible to you anytime, any place. You can buy it in a physical form, and if you can't purchase it, you come out to our office and we'll give you one. If you don't like paper, you can get it on your phone. But it's something that we need to plug into each and every day, each week. So this week, explore a chapter or a book or even just a a verse. Plug into God. Plug into knowing God and being with God and being transformed by God. The Bible, 66 books of God's word of stories about God and about us that help us live deeply into who God is and who God is calling us to be. Let's pray. Lord, our world is filled with words, right? We read them in our emails and we speak them to our friends and our family and we scribble them on walls as children. But sometimes we don't take those words to heart. Sometimes those words are just extra things that fill the space. 
But Lord, we know that your word isn't like that. That in the Bible, we actually get your words and that those words are powerful and purposeful for us. And Lord, as we go about our day-to-day and as we go about our week, we ask that your words would fill our lives and fill our souls and fill our minds so that we can be transformed by you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for that. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. We hope you found something in this week's message to take away and apply to your life this week. Uh, If you live in the Bay Area, we would love to have you join us for one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 845, 10, and 1115. Uh, For directions or information about what we have for you or your family, your students, you can go to blueoaks.church or download the app today. Uh, And we hope to see you on Sunday soon.